Hello. What the heck is up, guys? Okay, if you notice a difference in the audio, I got a brand new microphone. Um, so things sound a little bit funky. We're still weird, me. Um, I'm still kind of testing it out. So we're gonna see how it goes. But yes, I got a new microphone. It's it was a big girl purchase, but it was needed, okay? It's made especially for podcasting. Um but to get it to work on my computer, I had to update my computer and I don't know anything about technology. So it was Matthew that was doing the updating. And we came across a little um predicament. So my computer needed updated, yes. Um it hadn't been updated since I got it in 2016. So it had five years worth of updates on it and that's why my microphone wasn't working um let me know if you also have anxiety from updating things because i want to know that it isn't only me um i'm also really bad about updating the apps on my phone they uh they sit there for a while <laughs> before i update them i usually have like 36 apps to update at once it's great um yes also merch is still up and live on my instagram the link is in my bio instagram is crochet and crime podcast all one word you know the drill. Um, yeah, I'm drinking out of my Crochet and Crime logo mug. Yesterday, I drank out of the Grab a Snack, Grab a Drink, Grab Your Projects mug. Um, I should have drank out of that today. That would have been more fitting. But like I said, grab a snack, grab your drink, or grab a drink, grab your projects. Um, today, I'm crocheting that viral TikTok water bottle bag pocket thing you know if you know and if you don't i'm sorry um but i asked my friends um what they wanted to see this week and they said a kansas case so i shall deliver and here is the bloody benders hi i just recorded the entire podcast and it ended up not saving correctly so i'm re-recording this entire podcast and here we go i'm losing my mind i wish i was technologically gifted but i'm not um, and that's okay because it just gives me a chance to do it over again and not have a stroke like I did last time. So we're going to talk about the Civil War first and not for long because I actually have no idea what I'm talking about or how that works. And unless you're Matthew, I don't think you could care. So after the Civil War or whatever, the white people kicked the Native Americans out of their home in Kansas and pushed them into Oklahoma so that the European settlers would have more room to be racist and stuff, you know. Um, that isn't me being biased because I'm native. That's literally just what happened. So in October of 1870, five families moved into the newly acquired territory, or should we say stolen? Um, yes, stolen. And among these five first families were the Benders. And the Benders settled into a 160 acre property that faced the Osage Trail. The first of the Bender family to arrive at the property were John Bender Sr. and John Bender Jr. And no, this sadly is not the Breakfast Club, John Bender, so don't get your hopes up. I wish it was. It would be a lot better. <laughs> but after they arrived, they ended up building the house and got the property ready for the women because back then, all that us women could do was birth and cook. Um, but I guess finally, a few months later in 1871, the women arrived. Elvira Bender, who went by Ma, was known to be cold and evil, and people literally called her She-Devil, which is a name that I strive to have, but in a different way. Um, oh yeah, John Sr. was 60, and John Jr. was 25, and Elvira was 55, but then we also have Kate, who is known for being super pretty and charming, and she was 23. Um, she was a self-proclaimed proclaimed healer and psychic, and she was the only one that could speak English super well. 
or so we thought. Uh, she also often spoke about free love and spiritualism, which led people to the cabin. So basically, she wanted to be a cult leader, but was not. So when the women got to the property, the men had built a one-room cabin. One room. And split it into two rooms with a single sheet of canvas. I would have been so angry if my husband went overseas and if my husband and son went overseas and left for like five months to build us a home and like get us a better place and when we got there it was just a one-room cabin like do better if you're the if you're there saying like oh you women can't come because you can't build but you we show up and you build a one-room cabin i don't know this is just me hating men but let's go on um anyways so one side of the cabin was used as living quarters and the canvas sheet divided the other section off into a store, kitchen, and dining room. Uh, the store section was for travelers who could stop in to get dried goods, a meal, or even a place to sleep for the night. So like the original Airbnb kind of, but a little bit more um, stabby. Around May of 1871 is when things started to get kind of weird. Um, a man was found in Drum Creek, southeast of the Bender home in what would later be known as Montgomery County. That doesn't matter, but I saw it, so I thought it was important. Um, the man's skull had been crushed, along with his throat being slashed, and later in February of 18, 1872, two more men were found with the exact same injuries. Three makes a serial killer. Or, or a serial killer family. Uh, by the end of the summer in 1872, travelers were disappearing left and right from the Osage Trail, and surprisingly, the word of those being taken and murdered somehow traveled, and people started to avoid this area. Rightfully so. I said surprisingly the word traveled because how? You guys don't have phones. Just kidding, I'm not that naive. Um, plus, a lot of men were actually arrested for the murders and then let go because they had no evidence to pin it to them. So I guess people were like, dude, I got arrested for this murder. It, it didn't do it. And then they were telling their friends. I don't know. Gossip was real back then too. Um, it wasn't until George Newton Loncourt disappeared that people actually started paying attention. Um, and I love that his name was like George Newton Loncourt. Like he's a victim, so it's not funny, but also like his name is amazing. Um, his case was one that would bring forward the truth behind all of these mysterious disappearances and murders. After George's wife passed away, he took his 18-month-old daughter, Mary Ann, and left Independence, Kansas to head to Iowa. Sadly, they never made it. Uh, the man who lended George his horses and wagon for the vo voyage was then contacted with... Huh? Was then contacted. <clears throat> oh my god. You know what? I quit. I'm, I'm done. Just kidding, I'm not. I, I had to re-record, you know, I already told you, um... It's great. We're fine. First world problems, right? The man who lended George's horses and wagon for the voyage was then contacted because the crew was found abandoned in Fort Scott, Kansas. Have you guys ever drove by Fort Scott? It's crazy. Um, the man was Dr. William Henry York, and he set out to search for George and Mary Ann in the spring of 1873. He ended up questioning people he met on the trail and ended up finding the horses and wagon and identified them as the ones that he had, in fact, lent to George, along with some of the clothing that he recognized belonging to Mary Ann. And as he made his way along the trail, he decided to stop and stay at the Bender Inn. And as you know, he never left. Or at least he never left alive. Uh, the Benders didn't know that Dr. York came from a prominent family, his brothers being Colonel Ed York and Alexander 
Alexander M. York, a member of the Kansas State Senate. So they were rich and known. Colonel York quickly gathered a party of 75 men to search for his brother as soon as he heard of his disappearance, and shortly after, in March of 1873, they tracked him all the way to the Bender Inn. I just don't know how they did that. Like, I'm just baffled. Also, if you hear things in the background, I have Ellie, the dog, Aussie, Aussie dog, <laughs> with me in the room, and she makes a lot of noise, and that's okay. I just don't know how because she's deaf and has been since birth, so she doesn't even know how to make noise, but... Um, at first, they denied any knowledge of Dr. York and even suggested that they go to Drum Creek to search for him because John Jr. was shot around the same time that Dr. York went missing. He was not. Um, but without any solid proof, they had to leave the Dependor Inn. They, they couldn't pin the fact that Dr. York died there. Um, that didn't stop Colonel York, though. That didn't stop him from gathering evidence. And he knew that the Benders were suspicious. He just didn't know why. And thank, thank God he has good intuition because he trusted his gut and he went with it. Eventually, though, he thought he'd gathered enough evidence for suspicion and he arrived back at the Benders Inn with three armed men. And I don't know why, but I just imagine him walking up with three men in leather and spikes behind him, like Mean Girl style. I don't know. It's funny. Anyways, he got there with his posse and he claimed to have spoke to a woman who stayed at the Bender Inn, but fled after Elvira had threatened her with a knife and a pistol. Elvira was like, oh, poor me, I don't speak English. Um, but she did. And she was trying to say that the lady cursed her coffee and so she had to chase her out, which proved to them that she did, in fact, speak English. And she ended up getting super angry at them and kicked Colonel York and his men out. But before she could get completely rid of them, Kate, the magical sister, came forward and she was like, hey, I'll help you guys find um, Dr. York with my psychic abilities. She was like, yo, if you come back later with less leathery men, um, I'll lead you to his grave. Uh, sadly, though, people had already started to blame the Native Americans for all of the kidnappings and murders because people are, say with me, friends, racist. Ellie quit staring at me. Um... To address this problem, though, the town held a meeting in a local elementary school where they all agreed on getting search warrants for every house between Big Hill Creek and Jerome Creek. Back then, that's how they divided towns. I don't know. Um, Ellie's doing yoga, so you might hear her in the background. <laughs> I hope you can't because she's being nasty. <laughs> she's deaf. She can't hear me talking about her. Don't worry. Um... Yeah. Among, in that meeting, a lot of people were there. Obviously, it was the whole town. But also, John Jr. and John Sr. and Colonel York were there. They all heard what was happening. And just a few days after the town meeting, one of the local people noticed that the state of the animals on the Bender's property were, they were bad. A lot of them were starving, and some of them were even dead, which is sad. Like, if you're going to be bad people, at least be good to your animals. I don't know. I hate animal stuff like that. Um, whenever cases have animals that or whenever cases have situations where animals get injured or killed, I, like, lose my mind. And I know that they're, not that they're more important than people, but, like, they are because they can't fend for themselves. I don't know. If I get on a soapbox about this, I'll never get down. The one officer in the town named Leroy Dick was called to the scene where he was greeted with an aband abandoned house and a foul odor, which you know what foul odors in these cases mean. Um, he tracked the stench all the way to the trap door that was nailed shut and hidden underneath a bed. He called for backup or whatever it was known at as this, as backup back then. I don't know. Um, it's basically just a hundred, hundred men with shovels and pickaxes. 
Um, and they showed up to the site, ready to take on what was ever behind that door. Whatever was behind that door. I'm so sorry, guys. I can't speak English. Underneath this trapdoor, though, was an empty room covered in what seemed to be, like, old clotted blood. And although they didn't find any bodies, they definitely knew that something strange was up. So they continued their search to the garden that was tended by Kate and Elvira. The women, because that's all I knew how to do. Misogyny. Among the apples in their orchard and the vegetables in the soil, the shallow grave holding the body of Dr. York was found. Did that sound fancy? I don't know. Um, I lost my spot. I'm sorry. They continued their search into the early hours of the morning, and by the next day, they had found ten bodies on the property, along with several dismembered body parts. And all of these bodies were, in, ta- in fact, sharing the exact same wounds, smashed skulls, and slit throats. Hmm. And then there was Mary Ann, the baby. Um, she was buried alive. It's really sad. And a lot of the bodies also had genital, genital trauma, um... And this is just going to get worse and worse as we continue, so bear with me. Maybe don't eat your snack right now. So based on the evidence and a few stories that were shared by the people who somehow survived the benders, it is likely that when guests stayed at the end, they were given the chair at the head of the table, which happened to be up against that canvas sheet that we spoke about earlier. Um, once the victims were was sitting, were once they were sitting happily, enjoying their meal. Uh, one of the men would jump out from behind the curtain and hit the visitor over the head of the hammer. And then one of the women would slit the throat of the victim just to 100% confirm that they were not going to be alive anymore. The body would then be dropped into a trap door where it would either be dismembered or it would just sit until they were ready to bury it. And it seemed like the benders really did this just for the thrill of it. When I first like was telling people about this case, I was like, no, they did they did it to like take their money and take their expensive items and that's how they like made a living but no um a lot of the victims were found still carrying cash in their pockets when they were dug up and they were wearing valuables and jewelry so there were also multiple bullet bullet holes found in the walls of the cabin which suggests that there were many that tried to fight back so at least at least they got kind of scared the benders did um but get this it, it gets crazier that's that's not it Um, so when they were searching for things that the family had left behind, they actually found a Bible that belonged to John Jr. Except this Bible was in German, and John Jr. was actually John Gebhardt. This, along with stories from people who saw the two interact, suggested that Kate and John weren't siblings, but, but lovers. Yeah, they, they were married. They weren't related. And none of the Bender's last names were actually Bender. And... Only Kate and Elvira were blood-related. So Elvira was Elvira was actually thought to have been born as Almira Mark, who was married a ton of times and had a ton of kids. And most of her husbands actually died from head injuries. I wonder how that happened. But when she couldn't find any more men in that town, she took on the Bender name, uh, where she met John, who was actually John Flickinger. Yeah, we're not going to talk about his last name. And Kate was actually thought to have been born Eliza Griffith and was Elvira, or Elmira's, fifth kid. And due to all of these wild things found on the Bender property, Senator Alexander York and Governor Thomas Osborne came together and offered a giant reward for the location of the Benders. Detectives ended up following wagon trails, and that just led them to find the family's horses and wagon that had been abandoned outside of Thayer? Thayer? I don't know. I don't know where that is, but it was 12 miles from the inn 
And the rest of this is hard to know if it's actually truth or if it's urban legend because we as humans like to lie and make things sound cooler than they are. So bear with me. But it is rumored that Kate and John Jr. or John Gebhardt took a train to the border of Texas and New Mexico because apparently back then law enforcement couldn't go past that border. I don't know if, <laughs> I don't know my history, Matthew would know. I don't know if that back then that wasn't the United States or not. Um, and one detective even claimed to have tracked them to the border where he found out that John had died from apoplexy. Oh, my stomach. Um, that's basically just a stroke. And yes, I researched it. So thank you very much. There was also reports that Elvira and John Jr. fled to St. Louis, Missouri in 1884. Um, and in that same year, an old man who looked like John Jr. was arrested in Idaho for the murder that he committed with a hammer. So, um, but when he was in jail awaiting trial, he tried to escape by cutting off his own foot. And I don't know, back then they like chained them by their feet, I guess. So I'm wondering if he was just chained by one ankle and he was like, yeah, I'm going to cut off my foot and run. He ended up bleeding out and dying, but... In 1889, a mother named Amira and her daughter named Sarah Elizabeth were arrested for larceny, which is just like property theft or something. Um, and people claimed that they were Elvira and Kate, but no one had any solid, solid proof. So they were like, oh. Um, so sadly, the benders were never actually found. But that doesn't mean that people weren't held accountable for the things that went down. Twelve men in total were charged as accessories to the murder for disposing of stolen goods from the victims. So I'm guessing they did steal some things, but... Like I said, this is an old case and people like to lie. Uh, one of these men even wrote a letter to one of the victim's wives pretending to be the victim, letting him know that his wife made it, or his husband, letting her know that her husband made it safely, which would equal nowadays, like someone taking your husband and murdering him and then taking his phone and texting you and be like, hey, babe, made it to work. Be home later. Have dinner ready. <laughs> like, so sick. So twisted. Um, obviously as time went on, the story spread and people are freaky. So they flocked to the Bender home by the hundreds and destroyed their property, stealing things from the home as souvenirs. I don't know. Um, they destroyed the home and people even were taking bricks from the foundation of the home. I don't know. Hammers that were allegedly used in the murders can be found at Cherryville Museum and a stained knife that is thought to have been taken from the home now belongs to the Kansas Historical Society, which I do I do kind of want to see those things. I'm not going to lie. Um, also, fun fact, the video Red Dead Redemption, Matthew's played it a couple times, I don't know. They That video game has two characters based off of Kate and John Bender. Um, I couldn't tell you which ones because I don't know. But that's about it on that case. And I'm so sorry that things were insane. Um... Trust me, I'm cursing myself for deleting the podcast after I just recorded it. Did y'all just hear Ellie whine? Um, but yeah, you guys know the drill. Lock your doors. Don't talk talk about You know what I said. Um, today I went to take Ellie out this morning and there was a creepy dude standing by my car and he had the cops called on him like two weeks ago for trying to break into the building behind our apartment complex. And so I feel really safe in my own home and I love it. Um, but yeah, lock your doors. Don't talk to creepy men and be nice to people. I don't know. And buy my merch. <laughs> okay, bye.